If you have a Bible, please open today to the book of Exodus, chapter 12, the second book in the Bible, written by Moses, Exodus chapter 12. My message is entitled, Five Practical Ways to Honor Your Parents and Dads in Particular. Would you please stand with me as I read the fifth commandment, Exodus chapter 20 and in verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. May we pray. Our Father, today we're thankful that we hold the word of God in our hands. We're thankful that you have spoken and you've given us your truth and you've shown us how to be able to come to Christ and to be born again into your family. And Lord, I'm thankful for the Ten Commandments that has been a blessing for thousands of years uh, for families and villages, towns and cities, and nations. Lord, we need these loving commandments uh, to be able to treat one another in a proper and right way. Father, I pray now, I pray now that you take this commandment and help each one of us to apply it in our lives as you would have us to. I pray most of all that we would come into a living relationship that you would be our true, spiritual, loving, heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, it seems that most everyone in church is familiar with the Ten Commandments and especially this one. Honor your father. Honor your father. Honor your father and your mother. It's pretty clear. Uh, but how to do it can be a challenge. It can take thought. It may take some prayer and creativity. And you note, you see that young children honor their parents through obedience. Teenagers honor their parents through showing respect. But what about adults? How does God want adults to honor their parents? Let's not just jump to the how-to part of the message, but first understand what God is looking for from our hearts in this commandment. The Lord wants us to understand the why behind the commandment. Uh, the whys behind the other commandments are obvious. When you lie to someone, when you steal from someone, you're doing what? You're, you're hurting them, right? Uh, if you were to commit adultery with someone else's spouse, you are wounding them deeply. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. If you murder someone, they'd be dead. That's not a very nice thing to do, all right? So there's a reason that's very obvious behind all the commandments. But what about this one? Honor your father, honor your mother. What is the why behind this particular commandment. In your notes, you see, when we honor our parents, we honor God. We honor the God who made us. And for Christians, the God who saved us. Honoring parents is a form of honoring all authority. One author says, respect for parents is the basis for every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. We are to honor our parents as children. We're to honor them as teenagers, as single adults, as married adults. And yes, yes, even in older age. 
We owe them a debt of honor that never ends. And so I'd like to give five applications of the fifth commandment. Now, you can add to the list, but I think this is a very good starting place. But here is a warning in advance. In every case, there will be a temptation to say, yes, but, would you say that with me? Yes, but, can you figure out what the rest of it would be? Yes, but you don't know my parents. And I don't. But God does. God does. I understand that in some cases, showing honor may be difficult or may be nearly impossible because of their lack of cooperation. And that's why you might need to spend some time thinking, spend some time meditating, spend some time praying to God for what you are supposed to do for your parents. Five applications of the fifth commandment. Number one, forgive them. Forgive them. Luke 11:4 in the King James Version says, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. One of the most important ways that we can honor our parents is to forgive them. Here's a fact. There are no perfect parents. On page 2, you see all parents have fallen far short of their children's expectations and even their own expectations. <laughs> no honest dad, no honest mom have ever said, I'm a perfect parent. <laughs> I am a perfect parent. That's never been said and never will be said. Never happened. Our parents have sinned against us. They have made unwise decisions. They have unrealistic expectations. They have said things. They have done things that have left us wounded, sometimes deeply wounded. And for that reason, many children, many children enter adulthood controlled by anger controlled by bitterness and they find themselves unable to move past their parents mistakes or their parents sins we can best honor our parents by forgiving our parents and extending grace to them whether we think they deserve it or not and this is actually possible because God has forgiven you a million dollar sin debt do you understand that? Before God, your sins are great. You're on a broad road that leads to destruction. And God says, God says, when you come to Christ, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, all of your sins are forgiven. A million dollar sin debt. And God says, if I can forgive you a million dollar sin debt, then you can forgive a hundred dollar offense against you. You can. Out of this great big well of forgiveness, you can forgive a hundred dollar offense. God says, I want you to know that, that your sin against me is like the highest mountain that you can imagine. And the greatest sin that someone else commits against you is like a, a little molehill. And so Jesus, Jesus, in Luke 23, gives us the example when he's upon a cross. They've just nailed, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, the persecuting him unto death, and he prays, Father, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's forgiveness. God actually answered that prayer, and many of them were saved on the day of Pentecost where 3,000 uh, trusted Christ as their Savior. Has anyone hurt you to the point of physical suffering? Has anyone hurt you to the point of, of persecution and death? No, not even close. 
And as we stand with Mary and John and the ladies and we relive the moment uh, there at the cross, we ask ourselves, who are we to withhold forgiveness from others, especially our parents? But pastor, pastor, you have no idea how horrible my parents treated me or my siblings. Again, I don't know, but God the Father does. And he says, I will forgive you, I will forgive you, and I command you to forgive others. We honor our parents by extending grace, by forgiving them. Number two, how do we honor our parents? Speak well of them. Romans 13, verse 7, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear. Here it is, honor to whom honor. Who is honor due? Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 tells us, Honor your father and your mother. Another way we can honor our parents is to speak well of them, to refuse to speak evil of them. You know, we, we live in a strange time, don't we? We live in a time when it is considered noble, noble to voice our grievances. Some consider it to be therapeutic, to air our dirty laundry before others. Many people think, well, we live in America, we have, we have the freedom of speech, and because we have been wronged, that it is noble, it is an honorable thing to tell the world how they were wounded by their spouse, how they were wounded by their employer, by their college, by their friends, and even their parents. That is not noble, that is not honorable, that is sin. Now, if someone commits a crime... Contact the police. But you would do well not to waste your time reading the petty grievances of petty people who think the universe revolves around them and their minor offenses. I learned a phrase a long time ago. In fact, I learned it in, in a high school, and I've witnessed its truth several hundred times. In your notes, in the box. Can you fill it in? Shallow brooks babble loudest. Say that with me. Shallow brooks babble loudest. Do you know what that means? Well, deep rivers move along quieter than shallow brooks. Spend your time on, on higher causes than the petty offenses of others. God warns us that our words have the power to extend honor or have the power to dishonor. We cannot miss the fact that in the Old Testament, the penalty for cursing a parent was the same as the penalty for assaulting a parent. God viewed uh, the severity equal because it's coming from a heart breaking the fifth commandment. The root sin is the same. To curse parents or to strike parents is to violate the fifth commandment. So Christian, speak well of your parents. Refuse to speak evil of them. We need to speak well of our parents while they are alive. We need to speak well of our parents after they have died, to speak well of them before brothers and sisters and spouses and children. Now, this is where our faith makes us counter to the culture. Uh, my childhood was in the 1960s. I, I grew up watching uh, the black and white TV shows that were reruns from the 1950s. Uh, dads were honored. Remember? Father knows best and, and uh, uh, leave it to Beaver. I mean, when Mr. Cleaver spoke, the world stopped and wisdom came out of his mouth. 
But you know, then came the 1970s, and now I'm a teenager, and, and I spent five summers on the farm, and my, my uh, uncle, who, who, he didn't control the remote because they had not yet been invented, uh, but he controlled the TV, and uh, he had two favorite uh, sitcoms to watch, but before that, his favorite, absolute favorite show is The Lawrence Welk Show. One hour of pure silence from every person in the room. You were not allowed to talk. You were not allowed to whisper. You weren't even allowed to sneeze. I mean, it was total silence during the Lawrence Welk Hour. But then his two favorite shows after that were Sanford and Son and All in the Family. You know? And, and they, they made us laugh, and we enjoyed that. But you know what? It was subtle. It was subtle, but it was an attack on the role of fatherhood in the home and in society. And then since that time, I was going to say dozens of shows, but no, no, no. It's in the hundreds of shows that attack dads, make dads look foolish, disregard dads. We are counter to the culture to be able to honor moms and dads. Those shows dishonor dad, but we are called to honor, to show respect. And young people, just because you might be a little bit smarter than your parents when it comes to technology, that doesn't mean you are wiser. You haven't lived long enough to be wiser than them. Spirit-filled Christians speak well of those in authority in the home and in the church. Refuse to speak evil of them. Look at page three of your notes. Esteem them publicly and privately. Parents long to see how they have impacted their children, how their children are a reflection of their strengths and their values. You don't, you don't realize how important it is just to say something like, you know, Dad, you know, Dad, everything I learned about saving, I learned from you. You taught me, Dad, how to work hard. To say, you know, Dad, that was the one thing you always taught me that I really appreciated, and you fill in the blank. We can do this privately. We can do it publicly in front of others, especially around holidays. Father's Day is a good time. We can honor our parents by speaking well of them. Number three, seek their wisdom. The glory of young men is their strength. The beauty of old men is the gray head. With the ancient is wisdom and in length of days understanding. We honor our parents when we seek their wisdom. Through life's twists and turns. The Bible constantly, it associates youth with folly, foolishness, and age with wisdom. Not in every case, but generally speaking. Those who have lived longer have generally learned greater wisdom. We do well to lean on them for understanding, to seek their input for major decisions, where to go to college, who to date, who to marry, finances. I I've, have talked to all of my, my five kids, and I've said, when you are grown and you make a financial decision, seek the advice of three godly people in your life. It doesn't have to be me. Seek advice from uh, deacons or deacons' wives, pastors or pastors' wives, youth leaders, singles leaders. Seek wisdom before you make a decision. Why? Because there's wisdom in those who have been in the faith for many years. Now, when you do this, give your full attention. 
Give your full attention. Simon Sinek is an organizational consultant that has a lot of wisdom regarding business and social relationships. He teaches the older generation how to stop despising the younger generation. He teaches the younger generation on how to grow up, how to be responsible, how to give your full attention and respect and honor. Watch. Giving our kids free access to social media and, and phones at young ages. They are not ready for it. Their minds cannot cope with the dopamine. They can only have it up to a certain hour and you take it away. They're children. You can take the phone away. We've got to intervene as parents. But as companies, we now have to deal with the influx of kids that are coming into our companies with addiction. Watch. I see it all the time. Walk through any office. You'll see the older employees have their phones on the sides of their computers as they're working. You'll see the youngest employees have their phones face up in front of their keyboards between their arms as they're working. And this is how they work. And the, the science is alarming. They did uh, experiments on mice where they, they did the multitasking. They, they, changed the, they, changed, they put flashing lights to mimic going from the computer to the cell phone, the computer to the cell phone, to the TV. The mice that were exposed to the changing lights, it took them three times longer to solve a maze than the mice that weren't, and the damage was permanent. There is a subconscious reaction to these devices when we use them, okay? What if I were to hold my phone while I'm talking to you? I'm not checking it, it's not buzzing, it's not beeping. I'm not even, I'm nothing, I'm just holding it. Do you feel at this moment that you are the most important thing to me right now? No, you do not because there is a subconscious reaction we have to the device. When it is out, it makes the people around us feel that they are less important. So when walk, we're walking down the halls in our offices and somebody says, hey boss, can I ask you a question? You go, sure, what's on your mind? We've just told them they're not that important. Or we can go, sure, what's on your mind? And if you don't have a pocket, find a shelf, put it on the shelf, come back and say, sure, what's on your mind? When we show up to a meeting, or a lunch, or a dinner, with our colleagues, our clients, or our friends, or our families, and we put the phone on the table, we have announced to everyone in the room that they are not that important to us. And by the way, putting the phone upside down is not more polite. My favorite one is when the meeting or at a lunch with someone, that the phone will ring and the caller ID will pop up and they will go, I'm not gonna get it. Oh, so magnanimous. Oh, lucky to eat with you today. You can tell how addicted we are. When somebody pulls out their phone when you're with them, how uncomfortable does that make us feel? You're walking down the street with someone, they pull their phone out. We feel stupid, so what do we do? We pull our phones out. We're so addicted, somebody goes to the bathroom when we're at dinner, and what do we have to sit there by ourselves? God forbid we should look around the room for five minutes. We pull our phones out. Meetings, awful. What do we do when a meeting happens, right? Everybody's sitting waiting for the meeting to start. Bob's running a few minutes late. Bob's here? Okay, start the meeting. Do you know when relationships are built? All that in-between time. A lot of wisdom there. A lot of wisdom there. We all are addicted at some level. How deep is your addiction? The ultimate addiction is that you would pull your phone out and do Instagram and Facebook and text someone during the worship hour. 
Now, I understand if you have the Bible on your phone, that's one thing. That's one thing. But you're saying to God, you're not important to me in the corporate worship. We're going to seek wisdom from God, seek wisdom from Dad. Let's give our full attention. Number four, support them. David wrote, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. We can honor our parents by supporting them. I'm not speaking primarily about financial support on this point, but in other ways with love and care. In Psalm 79, David's at a low point in his life, weighed down by cares, attacked by enemies. He cries out to God, Do not cast me off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. You know what he feared? He feared two things. He feared isolation, and he feared old age. Of being old and alone. This is the fear of many elderly parents. We honor our parents by giving them assurance that we will not forsake them in their old age. When we are young, we grow stronger and we long for independence. Our parents, they raise us to become independent of them and dependent upon God. But as our parents age, they become weaker and they begin to lose their independence. Ecclesiastes 12 humorously tells us all about this. Just as they cared for us, we will care for them. It is our responsibility. It ought to be our joy. On page 4, how this care is provided is different for every family. Because of jobs and distance and homes and finances and health needs, uh, we also understand that, that some parents and grandparents require medical attention and they require uh, constant nursing care. And that cannot be provided by family members. Some want to be in their own home as long as they possibly can. And that's a way to be able to honor them. But because of the great medical care we have in America, uh, millions of people are living longer than they did in the past. And that is creating more challenges and a need for more medical care that often families cannot provide. Emotional neglect and abandonment is not an option. To do so is to act worse than an infidel. How do we honor our parents? Number four, we support them. Number five, we provide for them. Look at this verse, 1 Timothy 5, 4. If any widow have children or nephews, look how specific he is. If, if a widow has children or nephews, let them first to show piety at home and to requite, that is to take care of their parents and their aunts. For that is good and acceptable before God. Finally, we can honor our parents by providing for them financially, if possible. Paul tells Timothy how, how widows are to be cared for in the church. But the priority falls on the sons. It falls on the nephews. When children are young, God expects parents to provide for them. But when the parents grow older and weaker, those roles and responsibilities are reversed. The raising of children requires tremendous sacrifice, and it is only right that children make sacrifices for parents in return, said commentator William Barclay. You know, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is speaking with the Pharisees, and he gives one of the harshest rebukes in the Bible because these Pharisees neglected their parents, and they did it under the guise of religiosity. And Jesus called them out and said, this is wrong. 
Five practical ways to honor your parents. Number one, forgive them. Number two, speak well of them. Number three, seek their wisdom. Number four, support them. Number five, provide for them. The Bible calls Christians to take special responsibility for providing for their family members. The command begins, Exodus 20, 12, begins with the parents for the children. And that cannot be done without teaching and training and going to church and discipline, and that includes spanking. And then it reverses with the children to their elderly parents. And that's called love, and that's called care. God calls every child of every age to show honor to our parents and to refuse to dishonor our parents. God calls us to honor them because, because we first honor our Father in heaven. Now look at the question. In what ways is God calling you to show honor to your parents? I've given you uh, five applications from Bible verses, but you might think of some. You say, you know, but my parents are, are dead. They're gone. They're gone. And you can still show honor to them because you're still here. And you can think of some ways that, that, that they impacted you in a positive way, and you can speak well of them before your family and your friends. But of everything I've said today, the most important thing for many of you is to come in the last paragraph. Look with me. There is another parent we are to honor first, God the Father, our divine parent. God was our, our, your father by virtue of creation, but our earthly ancestors, Adam and Eve, brought sin into the human race, bringing death and destruction. Romans 5, 12, Wherefore is by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so... Death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We come into this world separated from God, and we are more aligned with Satan, Ephesians 2. And there's only one way to honor God the Father. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God commands all men everywhere to repent. The greatest decision of your life is to become a true Christian, a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Is God your spiritual parent today? He can be right now. May we pray. Father, Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this commandment, all the Ten Commandments, but especially this one on this day where we seek to show honor uh, to dads and to moms. With their heads bowed, or eyes closed, you'd say, Pastor Wendell, I know that God is my spiritual father. I know that there was a time in my life that I invited Jesus Christ to become my Lord and Savior. And by faith and not by works, I am born again into the family of God. Jesus said, ye must be born again. And if you've had that experience, if you've asked God to forgive your sins, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe that he died and rose again for you, and you're trusting in his work and not your works, you can become a Christian. If you did that, God is your Father. If you remember that time, you may not know the date, but you know that heaven is your home. You have 100% assurance that you'll go to heaven when you die. Would you simply raise your hand? Heads about, eyes are closed, all over. 
you know that God is in your life. God bless you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Not everyone could raise your hand. Thank you for your honesty. God brought you to this church on this day to hear this message that God loves you. Jesus died for you and rose again. And that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And when the Holy Spirit enlightens your heart and mind, you want to reach out and receive him as your own. And if you sense the Spirit of God tapping on your heart today, say yes. Say yes. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you're not sure that heaven's your home, God brought you here that you might receive Christ and that God the Father will be your spiritual parent. Would you pray with me right now? For the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can pray with me right where you're seated. Would you pray with me now? Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. Today, I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Please come into my heart and save me today. With their heads bowed, with their eyes closed, as you show respect to your neighbor. If you pray with me, I want to pray for you. I'll not call you out. I'll not embarrass you in any way. I want to pray for you today. If you just pray with me to receive the Lord, would you simply raise your hand, anyone at all? I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior in this service. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Anyone else? I pray with you, Pastor, and I meant it. I meant it from my heart. Father, thank you. Thank you for the great message of your love. Thank you for the moving of your spirit. Now, Lord, I pray that all of us, all of us will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you as our Heavenly Father, and we will honor moms and dads. We will live and believe and follow the Ten Commandments, the truth of the Bible, that we might shine and reflect the glory of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to stand and sing a song of invitation this morning as we sing a couple of verses of it. In my life, Lord, be glorified.